now we bring on our buddy Tim Kelly. No relation. Uh, you can find him at Tim Kelly Sports on Twitter, editorial director of Phillies Nation. Uh, Tim, what's going on, man? How you doing? What's going on, Tom? It's good to talk to you, man. You too, Tim. So let's get right into it here with the Phils. So the Phils win uh, the final game of this three-game set on Sunday afternoon, beating the Dodgers. First off, just how big a win was this for the team, considering the way this week went and the way the offense was was pretty silent uh, in these two series against the Padres and the Dodgers? It's definitely huge to avoid the sweep, so it's one of those things that it feels great on the day that it happens, but there's very real issues that we've seen over the last week and really throughout the course of much of this season that don't go away just because you won today. It was nice. You got some help from some unlikely heroes and Stubbs and Roman Quinn, but uh, you, you have a lot to figure out. You're in danger kind of, of being 10 games out by Memorial Day in the NL East. So it's a nice win today, but it, it doesn't change a lot of what you've seen over the last week. Yeah, and you know you hit on it, Tim, and obviously you get big hits today from guys like Stubbs and Quinn, and obviously Roman Quinn, a great base running play on that final play of the game that Max Muncy booted, um, but that's not sustainable that you're going to get wins relying on those kind of guys. The story of this team has been the offense. It was coming in, and they've obviously underproduced significantly this year. As you see it, what's wrong with this offense, and why do you think they haven't lived up to the expectations we had pr- uh, prior to this year getting started? Well, I, I mean, I, I think it's very real that the, the ball has been changed across Major League Baseball, and you've seen offense down across the league. But what you have is a, a lineup that probably unsurprisingly is extremely streaky, and you haven't gotten a consistent hot streak from Reese Hoskins. You haven't gotten a consistent hot streak from Kyle Schwarber. You haven't gotten a consistent hot streak from Modubo Herrera. Bryce Harper has been great when he's been in the lineup, but he was out for a few days. You had Segura out for a few days. And, yeah, I mean, they need someone other than Bryce Harper that can step up and carry the lineup. I think it's Castellanos. Uh, He had a very good April, has not had a good May. Schwarber is someone to me that can carry a lineup for a, a few weeks when he gets hot. And I think a guy that, if he develops power, can do that is Alex Bohm. But uh, we've yet to kind of see him consistently do that. Yeah, Tim Kelly joining us, editorial director of Phillies Nation, works with us here at Odyssey as well. And, you know, one guy uh, we we, uh, didn't talk about there, Tim, JT Real Muto, who's obviously struggled this year. And, and, uh, you know, when the Phillies – gave him that that contract a couple years ago obviously it was it was celebrated the whole hashtag sign JT movement but as you look back at this thing here was it wise to give JT that contract considering he is playing such a taxing position now on the wrong side of 30 and uh you know seems uh, to be seeing a drop off in production maybe a little earlier than many of us expected well if you're willing to go to or even above the luxury tax threshold then Nothing really matters, but yeah, I mean, I don't know that he's necessarily going to be worth whatever it is, 20 to $25 million every season of that deal. And there was a lot of talk when he signed that contract about measures he was taking to kind of age better than most catchers. And I mean, that's nice. I, I believe him that he's taking those measures, but it's a taxing position and no one else other than, or no one else previously has figured out a way maybe with the exception of Yadier Molina, to age very gracefully at that position. So I, I kind of think it is what it is. I, I don't think he's at the point yet where 
it's a albatross of a contract. I think he'll bounce back, but obviously this month he has really struggled and struggled the first base today, Ethan. Yeah, and, and you look at, at the other guy who, who's been here uh, for a long time now and has obviously struggled with consistency as well is Reese Hoskins. And I feel like we kind of wait year after year for Reese to put it all together because you see the glimpses. You see the weeks where he will get red hot and he has demonstrated the ability to to carry a lineup at times. But do you think he's ever going to develop more consistency or is this just is this just the kind of guy Reese is where he'll either be really hot or, or when he's cold, he's just not giving you a whole lot? Yeah, I kind of think at this point he has shown you that that's what he is. So I, I believe that you'll look up at the end of the season and he'll have 30 home runs and 80-plus RBIs and the numbers look very nice at the end of the season. And then as a whole, it is nice. But you have a lineup where so many of these guys are streaky, and that even includes Bryce Harper to a degree. But it really includes Hoskins, Herrera, Kyle Schwarber. And, I mean, there was this thought at the beginning of the season, well, when you have everyone that the Phillies have, you'll never have a cold offense. The problem with that is if everyone is cold at the same time, which is what you saw for four or five days, things can get really bleak. Yeah, and you bring that up, Tim, and I think that's an interesting point because – uh, you know, it kind of leads into my next question here because you look at the way the Phillies built in the offseason, and I, you know, I don't want to be hypocritical here. I was, uh, I was uh, applauding Dave Dombrowski and John Middleton for for going out and doing what they did. But looking at it now, was this like a flawed way to build a, a team in this day and age of Major League Baseball? You mentioned the the new balls uh, being deadened a little bit, and these teams throwing just arm after arm at you. Are you able to win uh, just with a high-powered offense and, and kind of uh, you know planning to outscore teams night after night? Well, I think given where they were at and what was realistic, it was their best path to potentially competing. But, yeah, I mean, I, I think based off of what you had seen the three prior years, it's entirely possible that you're just not going to win necessarily with this core. So it made sense to push the chips to the center of the table as much as you could, but that doesn't mean that you're going to get a, a perfect result out of it. And I think there are going to be stretches of this season where the Phillies are tearing the cover off the ball and you're talking about uh, smash the bell or whatever it is they say. But, yeah, I mean, I, I don't think that this is a perfect team. And I think we've seen early on this season that the Mets are uh, probably a significant amount better. And if the Braves get hot, who knows? So this is a team that can maybe slug its way to a wild card spot, but – that may be your ceiling. Tim Kelly joining us now, Phillies Nation. Make sure you check out everything at uh, philliesnation.com. They do a lot of a lot of good work over there covering this team. And and you look at the other side, Tim. Obviously, you know, the lineup's underproduced. But what has your assessment been in the starting pitching so far uh, this year? Because especially you look at this week, that I think is the most frustrating thing because you did get uh, good outings from Eflin. You know, you got – have gotten good outings at times this year from Gibson. Obviously, Nola, for the most part, has pitched well this year. What's been your assessment of the rotation? Have they been uh, better than you expected? Ranger Suarez has been disappointing to this point, although I kind of think he'll be all right. At at least I I don't think there's going to come a point where you say, wow, should he even be in the rotation? Now, maybe he ends up more like a number five than a number three, but I think he'll still be a major league pitcher. Uh, Aaron Nola, by and large, has been good, but he continues. Yesterday, he got hammered by Mookie Betts on two different occasions on with uh, three two counts. That's kind of been an issue for him. 
But Wheeler's really gotten going. And then you look at both uh, Zach Eflin and Kyle Gibson, who are both in contract years, and they're putting you kind of in a situation where either you're going to talk about re-signing them or if you fall out of the race, they're going to become guys that other teams potentially uh, are, are interested in acquiring. So the starting rotation, for the most part, I mean, Wheeler got off to a slow start because of the injury, but for the most part, they've been pretty good. Yeah, and you look at the at the back end, Tim. Obviously, a lot of turnover the last couple of years with the Phillies and the bullpen, um, and different names. They always seem to have issues back there. What do you make of the bullpen, and why do they have such a tough time, uh, you know, figuring this out and bringing in uh, the right faces to, to kind of solidify the back end? I would say because they're so reliant on bringing in guys on the wrong side of thirty and them figuring it out or rediscovering what they had in the past. Like, I don't know how you could look at what Jerry's Familia is doing this year and be surprised by it. I mean, it's been four or five years since he's really been a top-end reliever, and if he was still pitching at that level, the Mets wouldn't have allowed him to walk away. So that's not surprising. Uh, Brad Hand has a good ERA, but has kind of struggled to hold inherited runners. Corey Knebel, by and large, has been good, and I think Sir Anthony Dominguez, has a chance to be like the best Phillies reliever since Jonathan Papelbon, which maybe isn't saying that much, but it's still been a decent amount of time. So I think you're in a better situation than you've been the last two years, but the last two years you had a historically bad bullpen. Maybe now you just have one of the 10 worst in the league as opposed to the worst. Yeah, and, and a few more here for you, Tim. As, as you look at what they could do heading up toward the trade deadline here, obviously we still have a, a ways to go before uh, the hot stove starts starts to heat up. But what do you think the Phillies are in the market for? And do you think there's a chance you know they could really look to shake things up and put a guy like a Reese Hoskins on the market at some point to acquire some pitching and maybe just change the face of how this team looks? Yeah, I mean, I think that's possible. If you're 10 games under 500, that you're going to have to shake it up. You've gone with this core essentially since the start of the 2019 season, and if you're in a fourth straight season where it doesn't work, you can't keep running it back with that same core. The, the problem I get to is, like, Reese Hoskins is one of the guys that seemingly is the most plugged in, gets the most frustrated when he's struggling. Uh, I think there's something to kind of being the guy that's always willing to – speak to the media even when you're not things aren't going well so like he's a, a team leader there there's something to be said for moving Alec Bohm over to first base maybe but then who do you have at third base there would be a lot of questions in that sense uh, I, I think maybe you move on from guys that potentially are going to be gone at the end of the season anyway uh, if you don't plan to re-sign Eflin, Kyle Gibson, Gene Segura I don't know if Didi Gregorius would have any value, but he would fit into that. Uh, so maybe you do that. But, I mean, by and large, a lot of these contracts, Harper's going to be here, Realmuto, Wheeler. Uh, I think Aaron Nola will be, continue to be here. And uh, obviously Kyle Schwarber and Nick Castellano. So in a lot of senses, you're waiting on some of these guys you've drafted and hoping you begin to be able to develop from within your farm system. Yeah, and you look elsewhere, Tim. You look at, at the manager position. Obviously, Joe Girardi going into the final year of his deal, or, or in the final year of his deal, rather. Uh, any chance at some point that you think that they, they make that move and, and do anything uh, to relieve Girardi of his duties? And do you think you know that would even be anything that would, would spark this team at this point? Well, I, I mean, if they have a continue, if they have 
lost today and continued on this stretch of scoring one run or zero runs. I mean, you've changed the pitching coach. You've changed the hitting coach the last few years. If you lost like nine out of 10 or something, then maybe that would happen. And my guess is that it's not going to happen in season. Like if you make the playoffs, he's probably back. And if you don't make the playoffs, you probably go in a different direction. So it's relatively cut and dry. Joe Girardi's been a manager in the league for a long time. He knows how it works. Uh, it's going to come down to them. If there's seven playoff teams, and or six, excuse me, and, and you don't get into the playoffs, I mean, it, it is what it is. You're at the luxury tax threshold. Sure, you're flawed, but, I mean, there's going to be a change if you don't get to the playoffs one way or another, I would think. Yeah, and one more baseball, Tim, before I would do want to ask you a TV question here. But uh, you look at this week ahead, and obviously in May – it can be a little overstated, like how big a week is. But now you go down four in Atlanta and, and three in New York. I mean, how important of a week is this for this team to kind of uh, at least come out with a winning record and, and, and start gaining some momentum here as they head into the dog days of June? It's extremely important because you don't want to get in a situation where the Braves kind of catch steam. They've had a difficult start to the season. You don't want to be in a situation where not only are you trying to chase the Mets, or maybe even you're out of it in the NL East, but the Braves would then be a team in the wild card race that could take a playoff spot from you. So you want to take care of business there. And if you have any aspirations of winning the NL East, which even if it's unlikely, you should still have those aspirations in mid-May, you need to make hay against the Mets right now when Scherzer's out, McGill's out, obviously Jacob DeGrom has been out. Like If there's a time to do it, it's now. But I, I don't know. I got a feeling... Uh, in that game where the Mets came back 7-1, this is a different Mets team, and it wouldn't shock me if they're playing in the World Series this year. Yeah, and we were both down there at the ballpark that night, and that was it was kind of a, a surreal experience as you're seeing that happen uh, in the ninth inning and, and felt like you know the Mets just, just have the Phillies number right now. But uh, Tim Kelly, Phillies Nation, joining us. Uh, check him out at Tim Kelly Sports on Twitter. But, Tim, we both share an affinity for uh, – Better Call Saul, and spoiler alert for anybody uh, listening out there who's not familiar, but uh, Better Call Saul, obviously the prequel to Breaking Bad. They got their big mid-season finale uh, tomorrow night. What do you think of this season, Tim? And, uh, you know, how excited are, are you for this? And, and how do you think this is going to play out? I think it's been great. Like, there's just – it definitely was a show that was slower for the first four seasons. Still good, but slower. And then, like, season five hit, and it's been, like, the breakneck speed of Breaking Bad. Uh, it, there's just, like, not a, a episode, a single episode that's filler. It, it's great. I'm excited. I don't want to give any spoilers, yeah. but obviously it seems like something big is going to go down in this last episode. And it's going to be sad when it ends because they've pretty much milked the Breaking Bad thing as much as they can. They made a movie. There's two shows. Like, this is probably it. And... It'll be sad when it ends, but it's turned out to be a great show. And, like, I love The Sopranos. The Sopranos movie was embarrassingly bad. It so was terrible. <laughs> to have a movie and to have a, a prequel show that have both also been great, it's pretty impressive. Yeah, and I, I've learned my lesson about – giving out spoilers uh, during the final season of Game of Thrones. I was on after an episode one night, and I basically talked about the episode all night, and Al came in and just, like, you know, obliterated me in the morning. So uh, <laughs> good, good job steering clear of uh, spoilers, Tim. we got to be careful about that for anybody who hasn't seen it. 
So, uh, appreciate you joining us. Tim Kelly, Phillies Nation. Make sure you check out everythingphilliesnation.com. They do a great job uh, covering the team. And at Tim Kelly Sports is where you can find them on Twitter. Uh, Tim, thanks, man. Appreciate it. All right, thanks. I'll see you down at the park. Yeah, take it easy, Tim. So, that's Tim Kelly. Uh, see him down at, at, the, at, the, uh, at the ballpark quite a bit. And as I said, they do a great job uh, at Phillies Nation.